Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. In his words, the book of Acts, chapter 1, please. And it is a joy to see you in the house of the Lord. I'm having to find you this third Sunday. This is the, uh, of course, the third Sunday in our new sanctuary. And you know, over there, we were there 16 years and we all found our place. And, and I, could, I could look over here and know somebody was sitting over there that always do. Somebody sitting over here, over here. And uh, I'm having to find you and look for you so I can shoot at you with the word, with the word. But I'm so glad that God doesn't have to look far to find us. He found us when we were hiding from him like Adam and Eve. But he found us anyhow, and I'm so glad you're here. And Pastor Chad mentioned earlier, and I don't want to be redundant, but I do want to put this date out there for you because of the celebration it is. On June the 23rd, we are going to have a celebration of dedication in both morning service, an open house celebration in the evening. So in the morning, we're going to have a formal dedication, ribbon cutting. It's a time for you to invite family and friends and fill the house. And we're going to have worship and celebrate this sanctuary like Solomon celebrated the temple. Amen? Then in the evening, we're going to have uh, at 6 o'clock, one hour of praise and worship. And then after that, we're going to have an open house of all the facilities. Right now, we are presently under renovation of our existing sanctuary and our nursery and children's area and so by that time everything will be open our youth worship area and so we want you to bring others with you because we want them to see and know what the Lord has done can I get an amen from that so mark that date on your calendar and I know that you'll be blessed to be here Acts chapter 1 speaks to us of the words of the Lord Jesus prior to his ascension He instructing the disciples about what he has for them and how they may attain it. Acts 1 verse 4. And the scripture says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8 with emphasis. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the utmost parts of the earth. Would you say amen to his word? Now would you point your hands in my direction? I will in yours. Would you pray for a fresh anointing on all of us? Would you ask God to anoint me in our time together that I may be a teacher of his word? Come on, pray with me everyone. I desire your prayers and I feel it when you do. God, I thank you for the beautiful songs. Not just beautiful, but anointed songs. I thank you for the singers. I thank you for the instruments and those who play them. 
I thank you for the glory of God that fills this house. And oh God, I thank you that the Comforter, which is another name for the Holy Spirit, has come. Keep coming, Lord. Say amen, church. Keep filling us, God. Keep baptizing us today. Father, we are living in days that require more power than our flesh can produce. But you make that available. So touch this congregation. Touch my mind, my body. Give me clarity of thought and speech. Give me the freedom to articulate the Word of God under your anointing. And for that I'm grateful in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And you may be seated in this presence. Praise the Lord. Please keep your Bibles open. There are numerous scriptures that I'd like to share with you, many of which will not be on the screen. This topic and subject of the power of the Holy Spirit is vast. Numerous books have been written on this subject, and it still hasn't all been said about this thing of the power of the Holy Spirit. The greatest thing that happened to me in my life was the day I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. The second greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life after I found Christ was the evening I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I want to be the teacher and you be the student. And if you already know some of this, I want it to be a refresher to you. If you don't know some of this, it'll help you. The Bible says there's a blessing beyond salvation that Jesus promised and God has poured out known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, this power of the Holy Spirit is that which gives the Christian the ability to live a victorious life so that we might resist the temptation to sin. Can I get an amen? This power of the Holy Spirit is given so that we might overcome the influence of the world's value system that is ever-changing and we are not called to live by the drumbeat of the world. As Christians, we are called to live by the marching orders of the Word of God. How do you do that in a day and time when political leaders and entertainers and even people in the church are changing what the Word of God says for popularity or convenience? The power of the Holy Ghost will give us the power to know who to listen to and how to walk. Oh, hallelujah. Why the power of the Holy Ghost in the 21st century? Because there are times when our flesh rises up in us after we're saved to take us back to where God brought us from that we don't need to be there. The Bible says, even after we're saved, that the flesh and the spirit are at odds with each other. Oh, I feel anointing coming on. 
You always, you fought your flesh this morning. Your flesh said it's raining. I'm staying home. But the Spirit said, get up. I've got something for you. Can I get an amen? You fought your flesh this week when somebody cut you off on the highway in front of you. And the devil said, wave at him, but not with your whole hand. Uh, uh, and, you, and the Spirit says, uh-uh, you got a testimony. Can I get an amen? You, so even right here in this service, you're going to fight your flesh. Because the devil is going to give you your grocery list you got to buy tomorrow. Your chores you got to do later on. The text you got to text. And the email you got to send. And the laundry that's still in the washer that you forgot to put in the dryer. While the Holy Ghost is saying, forget the text, forget the laundry, forget the list. I am here. I am the comforter. And if you'll worship me, I'll give you the power to get the whole list done and have time to spare. We, we talk about the power of the Holy Ghost because if we don't live in the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of our flesh will destroy our testimony. We all have a testimony. Last Sunday we heard Michelle's testimony. Uh, how God gave her the power to survive the death of her only child, her 14 year old son, as a result of domestic violence. How has Michelle made it four and a half years? When she told you last week she thought about taking her life and other things that she's now written in the book is because somewhere along the way she allowed the power of the Holy Ghost to cause her to not go out and live like the devil and live in sin and said, God doesn't care for you, so go back. For some people, the devil will say, go back to drugs, go back to alcohol, go back to cursing, go back to swearing, go back to your anger and do what you used to do. But in order to preserve your testimony, we need the baptism and the power of the Holy Ghost. I can tell you, I'm not going to get far in these notes. So help, help me out, media people. You see, when, when you get saved, everybody gets saved. You have what is called the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say infilling. Okay? Because no one can get saved of their own accord. It is, you get saved because you heard a message that convicted your heart about your lostness. And about eternity and hell and heaven. You, you got convicted because you understood that un unless you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you will spend eternity in a place prepared for the devil and his angels and all of those who reject the Lord. You get saved because you know that, that Jesus will not only give you eternal life, but He'll give you life while you wait for your time to go to heaven. Amen? You get saved because you heard a song and you were moved. A song that was sung under the Spirit's guidance. Because you heard a testimony given. Maybe because you heard a radio teacher or a Bible teacher. Or maybe your grandmother led you to Christ. Or your wife or your husband. Can I get an amen? And, and so you get saved. And when you get saved, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Say amen, somebody. So after you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But there is an experience beyond the indwelling which is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
That's what I read to you this morning when I told you in verse 5 of Acts 1, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Jesus speaking. Now listen to me. Jesus was speaking to people already saved. How many of his disciples were saved? Amen. He was, he was speaking to men who already had seen signs and wonders and miracles that he had done. They already had the Spirit of God in them. But he says to them, I am going away. I have been crucified. I reappeared after three days resurrection. And he existed and appeared to more than uh, 500 at one time. And after his resurrection, he stayed on the earth for 40 days. But he says, I'm going away. And now I've given you a commission, which is called the Great Commission. While I'm gone, I want you to go and tell the whole world. And back then, the whole world to them was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other parts of the world. I want you to tell them about my saving grace. I want you to tell them about my miracles. I want you to tell them about my second coming. I want you to tell them that they don't have to go to hell, that there is a Savior. I want you to lay hands on the sick and pray for them. And there'll be miracles. And the disciples are thinking, how in the world are we going to do all this and you going away? Because you remember when they needed miracles and they couldn't do them, they, they had to run to Jesus. Can I get an amen? You remember when they were in a storm and he was sleeping in the boat, they had to wake him up to calm the storm. And Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith, have you forgot the other miracles? So, so Jesus said, look, I'm going away. Oh, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I am not going to leave you powerless. Now hear me, and I, I got to hurry. Before you got saved, you and I, and after we got saved, we were and, no ma- and are no match for the devil. Did you hear what I said? Even after we're saved, we are no match for the devil. But with the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Word of God and the blood of Jesus over us, the Bible says we can even cast out the devil. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And I'm hurrying. Ten days after Jesus ascended, in Luke 24 and 48 49, he says, But tarry in the city of Jerusalem... Until you be endured with power from on high. Which is the power of the Holy Ghost. Now it's not going to be on the screen. But in Acts 2 verse 1 through 4. And perhaps you will turn there. If you, if you have your scriptures available and open. This is what it says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This that took place in chapter 2 is the promise that Jesus spoke about. When he said, I am going to send you another comforter. 
Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Acts 2 and 39. It wasn't just the promise for the disciples. It's a promise for everybody until Jesus comes who is born again. In Acts 2 and 39, the word says, For the promise, which is the Holy Ghost, For the promise is to you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Wow. Put put this first slide on there. It's a promised outpouring. In the Old Testament, it was promised. The prophet Joel talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit even as there were prophecies of the promise of the Messiah, Christ would come first. He did. And then there would be the Holy Spirit. Joel 2, 28, 29 goes like this. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servant, I will pour out of my spirit on those, on those days at that time. And, and I'm here to tell you that we, what we read about in Acts 2, known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was and is indeed the prophecy of Joel, and the promise of Jesus. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You still have the book of Acts chapter 2? Look at verse 32. Acts 2 and 32. Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. Okay? What's taking place is these 120 waited 10 days because Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Now somehow in my mind, I believe that on the first day, a lot more than 120 people started seeking the Holy Spirit baptism. But maybe they got tired on the fifth day. Maybe somebody said, we got all this wrong and we didn't understand Jesus. And I want to tell you, there was 120 who persisted and waited. And 10 days after he said it, then the Bible said it came. It came as a mighty rushing wind in the room that they were in. While I only have been to Israel one time, a tour guide took us to a room in the city of Jerusalem that they believe to be the room that is known as the upper room where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120 in the book of Acts. Somebody say amen. And in that room, the Bible says, when the Holy Spirit came, there was wind, there was fire, and there were other tongues. Can I get another amen from somebody? And and Peter is explaining to the people what happened. When the 120 were filled, everybody outside that room heard the praises and the worship and the uproar of thanksgiving to God and folks from all over because this was the feast of Pentecost the city of Jerusalem at the time when the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost the city of Jerusalem were filled with people from many 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 miles away from all over Israel because they were coming to celebrate the feast of Pentecost 
But when these 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit and that utterance, it was about 9 o'clock in the morning when it happened. They were there for 10 days. People begin, the word began to, to go throughout the marketplace and house to house and where people were gathered together. And they all, as many as can, rushed to where the upper room was and they were thinking, what's wrong with these people? That's what some of you thought when you first came to a Pentecostal church. Help me preach now. I'm going there, but if they do any of that weird stuff, I'm, I'm busting that, boy, that door wide open. You see, you may have got your story about Pentecost from somebody who heard how Pentecost was abused. There's all kinds of things that are said about Pentecostal people that are not so. They're going to throw some of that dust on you and you're going to fall down. They're going to speak in some kind of gibberish kind of language and a bunch of nonsense and you won't know what they're saying. They're going to roll all over the floor and that little short Indian preacher going to go, What glory? Well, you're right about that. Somebody give the Lord some praise in this house. Yeah. Some of you came into Pentecostalism and you're baptized in the Holy Ghost because, because you, you really didn't intend to come. So you sat in the back and you came the next time and you thought something's real happening there. I feel something when I go there. I feel something when I walk in the door. I feel better. I feel the Lord. I, f- I, I, I feel I want to live for the... And you get a little closer and a little closer. Next thing you know, you're raising your hands and thanking God. Clapping your hands and thanking God. Singing when somebody else sings. And you got a little bit of whoop glory going on in your own soul. Because you know the power of God is in you. And what God... What God is doing is wanting to move you from the infilling and the indwelling to the baptism. Peter explained to the people that day, when the people came and said, what is this? These people are drunk and it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. What they've been drinking? Because when the crowd came to see what happened in the upper room with 120 people, they heard them speaking in different languages that these 120 people did not know. It wasn't their native language. There were languages, and the Bible tells us in Acts 2, from various parts of all over Asia, that these 120 hadn't even left their own city or county, so they couldn't speak those languages. And they were amazed to hear this. And Peter stood up and explained it to them. This is what Joel prophesied hundreds of years ago. Look at Acts 2 and 32. He said, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Verse 33, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, Jesus, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Not only is it a promised outpouring, it's an abundant outpouring. Not just a little bit of Holy Ghost for 120 people, but an overwhelming, pressed down, shaken together, running over abundance. That explains why sometimes people shout out loud because the Spirit of God just is so strong in them. There's something when divinity touches humanity that that you kind of want to run a little bit. 
you, you, you kind of want to dance a little bit. That's why some people are even slain in the spirit. Not because we want to knock people down or blow them over. But I remember the first time I was slain in the spirit. I was 17 years old at a youth camp in South Carolina when Reverend Raymond Culpepper was preaching that youth camp. And I remember when I was filled with the spirit, he preached on a piece of the rock, meaning Jesus Christ, the rock. You know why I remember it? Because of all the other sermons in between now, I mean, and then that I've heard him preach, that's the one I remember the most because I remember being 17 years old and wondering, God, what am I going to do with my life and what, what, what's going on and there are temptations that take place, that, 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 that inducements to do all kinds of things of the flesh. And I remember seeking the Lord and, and the power of God touched me. I don't know if Raymond Culpepper, the minister, came and laid his hand on me or not. It was a cement floor and I just melted in the presence of God. And And I'm telling you, you don't have to shout. You don't have to clap. You don't have to run an aisle. You don't have to melt. You can be in completely control. But if you will not quench the Spirit, He will fill you with an abundance of His power and His joy. Give Him some praise. Look at this. Matthew 3 and 11. Everybody still with me? Say amen. This is John the Baptist speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you, everybody read the last part with me, with the Holy Spirit and fire. I, I, I think some of you felt the fire. I was laying in bed early this morning and, and was awakened and took me a little while to go back to sleep. And I've learned in order to keep my mind from straying into things that the devil would get glory from and keep me awake even longer, I've learned how to put my mind back on a verse of Scripture or start praying. And, and as I thought about today in the service on Pentecost Sunday, I was thinking about how many churches line Highway 34 from Sam's Wholesale Warehouse uh, Sam's Club all the way maybe to the interstate and in my mind laying in bed I could count about 15 churches different churches and some of those churches have other churches that borrow their facility so there could be about 20 different churches from what would be Fisher Road to the interstate and I thought about God what is different about South Metro Ministries than the other 15 or 20 churches that line Highway 34 And the Holy Spirit said, it is the Holy Spirit. It is a Pentecostal church. This church believes in the gifts of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. And letting Him have His way. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Such abundance is the Holy Spirit that on the the day of, of Peter preaching, when the 120 were filled with the Spirit, and if you find me fumbling a little bit, it's because i got so much content. I'm trying in my mind to, to, to see which one to give you. Because this is a, a whole series of sermons. Right after, on the very same day that 120 people were filled with the Holy Ghost, God anointed Peter, the one you remember who denied Jesus, and Jesus forgave him. And not only did he forgive him, he filled him with the Holy Spirit. 
And Peter stood up and preached that day. And the Bible says everyone was moved. Over 3,000 people were convicted because Peter preached about Jesus being alive. And he is the healer. And Herod tried to kill him. And the Pharisee tried to kill him. And the Jews tried to kill him. But on the third day, God raised him up. And he sent the Holy Ghost. And if you receive Jesus, your life will be changed. And the Bible said that day, 3,000 people got saved and were baptized in water. Come on, come on, give the Lord a praise. I'd, I'd say that's revival when 3,000 people and baptized in water. And then Peter says, not only can you be baptized in water and be saved, but you also can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, that abundant outpouring that took place 2,000 years ago hasn't stopped. I said it hasn't stopped. Those who used to make fun of us, when they really sought the Word of God, listened to the Word of God, and rightly divide the Word of God, they're now part of us. There are over 500 million believers around the world, and I've done the numbers, I have the statistics, and I won't give a reference to all of it. There are over a half a billion people around the world that now claim to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and let His gifts operate in their lives. Somebody say amen. Let me show you something else. Not only was it uh, abundant outpouring, it was a powerful outpouring. Now, I, I think we would all agree. <laughs> let me just speak for myself. That every once in a while, along life's way, we need a little bit more power. This word power, and you shall receive power, is from the Greek word dunamis. From which we get our English word, dynamite. Woo, you. <laughs> some of you are with me and some of you just wondering about me. Every once in a while, I need some of that dynamite Holy Ghost power to blow away the thoughts or the attitudes or the behavior that the world and the flesh and the devil wants me to do and go. Now, 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 why do we need power? Well, it's obvious, but let me just give you a few. We need power for praying. If you really want your prayer life to produce results, you just let the Holy Ghost help you pray. Can I get a witness from somebody? Look at what it says in Romans 8, if you will. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses... Can I get a witness? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Look at verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There is such a thing as praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here, and it won't be on the screen, but 1 Corinthians 14 and 15 says, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. 
I will sing with the spirit choir. And I will also sing with the understanding. Oh, hear me. God wants to put more power in our prayers. Our prayers can move mountains. Our prayers can heal the sick. Our prayers can see our unsaved husband, wife, or children be born again. Our prayers can reform our government. Can I get an amen? In the book of Jude, the book of Jude has only one chapter. The 20th verse says about praying in the Spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now this is where praying in tongues come into the equation as one of the gifts of the Spirit. You see, for those who don't understand the word and search it deeper, they take their knowledge about Pentecostalism and tongues and some of the gifts of the Spirit from others who have been taught incorrectly and it's passed on and therefore there are those because of incorrect information about the Holy Spirit have not sought the power of the Spirit and received it because others have been misinformed or have abused the gift. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. And in the book of Acts, on several occasions when the Holy Spirit was poured out, the people who received the baptism, they also spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I said, as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Not made up, not somebody standing in the altar with you and say, say after me and start making up all kind of gibberish kind of stuff. Somebody help me here. Amen. And when I tell you to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm not telling you to seek tongues. I'm telling you to seek the power of the Holy Ghost. And when God desires as you seek it, He will give you the gift of tongues. So that you can pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, 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 help me, Jesus. Some of the sweetest times of my prayers is when I run out of my English way of saying it to God. And I feel the power of God. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak through me in tongues. Tongues means language. It's the language of God. And my, I, my mind don't go blank. I don't go into the twilight zone. I'm not in some kind of Star Trek enterprise. Don't know what I'm doing. Okay? C can, I get a, can I get a witness here? The, the Bible says the gift of the Spirit is subject to the prophet. Therefore, if you don't want to praise God, you don't have to praise God. If you don't want to speak in tongues, you don't have to speak in tongues. If you don't want to be exercised the power of prayer that way, you can turn it on or turn it off. But if you will let the Holy Ghost pray through you, and, and it, it may start off with stammering lips. It may start off with you just saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, I worship you Lord. And, and it may just start off with you just saying, God, I want to grow deeper. I want to know the Bible. I, I, I want, and it may, be, it may start off with just giving God praise. And, and pretty soon something begins to rise up from within your soul. 
Because the Bible said out of your belly, because of the Spirit of God, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Boy, I, I, and I'm running out of time. As a boy, I used to see my dad praying. And my dad would pray in the Spirit and he would sit down on the floor in the bedroom like this. And you may not all see me, but, but that's okay. You get the gist of My dad would sit down with his legs folded and he would pray like this and his body would shake and he would move and he would be praying in the spirit and that's the time you knew not to bother dad at all because he was praying in the holy spirit let me, let me tell you and when he did god gave him some of the most powerful revivals that some churches he's been to has ever seen because let me tell you this do not be afraid to pray in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost because the devil doesn't understand it and he cannot interrupt it and he cannot block it. Thank God. If Oh, somebody give the Lord praise today. And, and if you want to know how to, to have a prayer life that won't quit and a prayer life that will penetrate the gates of hell, Sometimes you get to the place and you're moaning and you're groaning. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, I, I, I don't know which way I'm going to go. I don't know what to, what to do about my marriage. I don't know what to do about my children. I don't know about the laying off folk from the, uh, at the job where I work. God, I don't know what to do about my finances. And you're moaning and groaning. And the Bible says some of that moaning and groaning, the Holy Spirit begins to turn around. And next thing you know, your cheek is wet with hot tears, not because you're giving up, but because all of a sudden God says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. The Bible, you start crying because the Bible says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Somebody help me praise Him. Come to the music. Oh, help me. Now listen. I got another sermon about tongues. Right, you, see, you see this subject? I can, get, I can just get stuck right there. Nobody in this church is going to make you speak in tongues. And nobody is going to speak in tongues in this church out of order. Because there are some people who abuse the gifts like they did in 1 Corinthians at the church of Corinth because many of the worshipers at the church of Corinth whom Paul writes to in 1 Corinthians 14 were abusing the gifts because they thought when we go to church the more we speak in tongues the holier we will be and everybody will be impressed. And Paul says, ho, ho, hold on just a minute. If all of you speak in tongues and there's no interpretation, the visitors and newcomers who come in to find Christ going to think you're crazy. Don't let there be any speaking in tongues unless there is interpretation. And he said, don't let there be more than three messages in one service. You know what I found out the older I get? Tongues is for your personal edification. And there are times you'll visit it in the church. But it's for your personal prayer life. For you to battle your mind that's going another way. Or the devil, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's an overflow. That's just an overflow. 
Mm. I, I think I'm helping somebody, but if not, I'm just helping myself. One of our church families are going through a particular crisis as it relates to their health, the health of their family members. And, it, and for some time, because of the nature of the health of the treatment, being treated out of, well, I'm just going to tell you. Ron and Becky Barnett are part of this church family. Been a part of this church family for a long time. And a man of prayer and a woman who loves God. They've been in the church, not just this church, but when they live elsewhere in the church. But about a month and a half ago, she was stricken with a disease that has progressed rapidly in her body. One of their sons is a physician, a medical doctor. And he works at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, the medical center there. So they had to spend a lot of, they spent a lot of time there because he had contacts and such that would help her. And we were unable to, uh, Pastor Darrell traveled to Birmingham one day and just ministered. And, and we wanted her to get to the place where it would be comfortable for her to have visitors or guests. Because, because when you're suffering sometimes it, it, it's difficult to receive people. Can I get an amen? But it worked out this week. And I said to the staff, we are going to the Barnett's house upon their invitation. Because I, I told them, when's the right time? You tell me. And we'll come. And he texted me. We loaded up the van. We took, we took Holy Communion in the basket. We took the anointing oil. And we took the Word of God. Mm, hallelujah. We read Psalm 91. Pastor Chad led us in a hymn without any music. Victory in Jesus. Can, can somebody hear me? I, I, and, and here is Sister Becky who is not in best health, but she's singing right along with us the best she can. Praising right along the family. There's about 12 or 15 of us in that room. And the anointing of God comes down. We, we, all of us take Holy Communion. And I take that bread and I say to Sister Becky, I said, this represents the body of Jesus by His stripes. We are healed. Somebody praise the Lord. Oh, Holy Ghost. Uh, we laid hands on her and prayed for her. And I began to pray in the Spirit. And those around us began to pray in the Spirit. She raised her hands and began to praise God. And the power of the Holy Ghost came upon all of us. And there were those wiping tears. Because you have never prayed like when you pray in the power of the Lord's holy anointing. Somebody give thanks for that. I, I'm trying to close, but the Holy Ghost is giving me the energy. So I pray He gives you the energy to, to, to hear me. Listen, listen. When it was when it was over, well, God got to move in so much. We prayed for everybody in the house, and I don't know where the dog went to, but had I found him, we'd have prayed for him too. She had her children there. She had her sister there. She had others there that were given care. We laid hands and anoint with oil. You see, Jesus said, "If you're ashamed of me." I won't, I won't recognize you in my Father's presence. Come on and say amen, somebody. 
when, when, they, when they ask you where you go to church and you notice a Pentecostal church, tell them where you go. Don't, don't, don't say, it's just a ministry. ministries. Don't be ashamed of this place. We're not ashamed of this place. This is where the power, stand to your feet, everybody. I'm not ashamed of the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed to say I have a need and to be anointed with oil and let somebody pray for me. I'm not ashamed to come down to the altar and say, God, help me. Not ashamed. Everybody say out loud, I'm not ashamed. Say it again, I'm not ashamed. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Sammy, you bring that prayer team up here because I want any and everybody who needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come and ask God for it by just praising Him. Look at me now. Listen to me, everybody. Please, don't, don't, get, don't get leaving on your mind. I want you to get power on your mind. Look, look here and listen to me. <laughs> I'll continue this next week, maybe. And maybe the week after, or maybe not. But God's power is available to fill you or refill you right now. There's some of us who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in yonder past. But do you know you can run out? Do you know if you don't feed the Spirit of God in you by word and by prayer and by being a witness, you can run out of that power? Just like when you fill up your gas tank and it's on F... And you go on your way, it don't automatically stay on F for the rest of the year, starting January. You got, don't you wish it would? I told my wife the other day, on the day we filled up both of our cars, that was $85. And so I wish it would stay on F full gasoline for the rest of the year. But I got to pull back in, depends on how much I drive that week, by the end of the week. And so, oh, Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to some people here this morning. You've pulled into 3935 Highway 34E South Metro Ministry this morning for your flesh because God wants to refill you with more of the Holy Ghost and more joy. But if you're not born again, you need that gift first. Bow your heads. Bow your heads all over the church. In order for you to receive the baptism, you got to be saved. And Jesus already made provisions for that. And so if you need Him as your Savior this morning, when I invite folks to come up, just come along with them. If they're coming for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you're coming for whatever you're coming, just come along with them. And when you do, you pray, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash away my sins. If you've backslidden, if you've gone back to the, to the life that the Lord has taken you out of, and because the road got rough and the journey got tough, you gave up on God and you went back, come back today. Say, God, I went astray. But I ask you for grace and forgiveness. Come into my heart again. How many knows He will? Forgive me. And then save me. Now everybody else look this way. If you're coming to seek the Holy Spirit, you don't have to tarry all day and we won't let you right here because we've got another service coming. And, and if you want to tarry, we have a prayer room. Well, listen to me. If you're saying, Pastor, I can... And, I, and I've got a lot more reasons why you need the Holy Ghost. 
We said, Pastor, I'm tired of struggling on my own. I'm tired of relying on my own flesh. I'm tired of losing my joy. I'm tired of fighting just to survive. And if there's more power for me, I want more of that power. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. All you got to do is come and begin to praise Him. Say, God, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and then just begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just praise Him over and over. You can say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Or praise the Lord. Don't come and pray for your marriage and pray for your family and pray for your children and your job. At another time you do that. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So come and praise Him because He is the blesser. Come and give Him thanks. And the Holy Ghost will move into you. Whether you get tongues this morning or not, it will come in time. But you can be baptized starting today. Give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. So, from wherever you are, I want you to start singing, and I want you to start coming, and I want the rest of us to raise our hands and begin to praise Him. Go ahead, my brother. Come, come. Come from all over. I, I, I just want more power. Here they come. Here they come. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.